Well, a week ago yesterday, we had a uh, work day around here, and I'm not sure if you guys have been able to see the results of it uh, over in the Family Life Center, but it looks pretty good. You know, I, I came up and, and I was able to help serve for a while, and, and uh, it was pretty amazing to me to see how many people came out, but more so than that, everybody working hard, working together, and having fun. You know, as I thought about that, I was greatly encouraged, but I was also reminded that that's how it ought to be in the body of Christ, that we work together using the skill sets that God has given us. Uh, we have fun doing it as we're fulfilling the Great Commission. We're fulfilling what God has called us to do, uh, and it was, a, it was a joy to be a part of that. Um, now, if you are like I used to be when I was sitting out there, uh, anytime somebody mentioned the Great Commission, it was like a switch went off, and it was, it was like in one year and out the other, because I knew it was coming, and you know, for the most part, I just wouldn't pay attention, because I knew that I was going to be asked to use my gifts to help fulfill the Great Commission, and just to be brutally honest, I didn't think I had anything that was going to help fulfill the Great Commission, and so I would kind of just tune off. And so if that's you, don't tune out yet. Because I hope that through our time and looking at the Word of God today that you'll be encouraged, that you'll be encouraged as you look at how God has equipped you, how God has created you, how God desires to use you, and how through all that, that if you will yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, that God wants to communicate to you in a way that you'll experience that you won't experience in any other way. And so whether you are like me, you don't feel like you have any skill sets that are worthy of helping fulfill the Great Commission, I want you just to, to pause and listen. Because the reality is this, that God equips every Christ, Christ follower to serve. Everybody who believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God equips all of us to serve Him and to bring Him glory. You know, and you know, as I look back to the times that I was in church, and every time somebody would say something, I would just say, you know what, that might be true for you, but I know who I am, and I have absolutely no skills that could do that. You know, as, as I looked at who I was, and I looked at the leaders in the church, what I saw in them were all those skills, but in me, I don't have anything that even comes close to resembling that, and so I was, I was good with doing what we did last Saturday just serving using my hands and being around doing those things because that was in my skill set. But anything else, you could forget about that. But listen, God has equipped you to serve. God has equipped you that as you use those skill sets to bring him glory. And I hope as we look at the way God has gifted us, we look at spiritual gifts, that you'll see it through a different set of lenses, hopefully that will be more encouraging than you've ever heard before. In, in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is trying to share with the, the, the church at Corinth these this concept of spiritual gifts, that those who believe in Jesus Christ, that at the moment that they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God gives them spiritual gifts. Here's what Paul says in the first verse of chapter 12. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, you know, and so you know, he, don't, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know, Paul wants them to understand about spiritual gifts, but here's the interesting thing about the word that we translate spiritual gifts. It's one word in the Greek language 
lang language called nematicos. And so when you look at that, it doesn't really translate well into, into our English words. We've translated it spiritual gifts. And so we have a tendency um, to think about it as this like as we get any other gifts, this unwrapping of a gift that we're given that we get it and now we can choose whether or not we want to use it. But here's the idea of this word. It is something that God gives us that will reveal the Holy Spirit. A, I would say this, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life in a special way that you don't get to experience outside of the use of that gift. Look at it this way. It's another way for you to experience God in your life because God has given you and equipped you with this gift that when you use it, you get to see the Holy Spirit at work in your life in amazing ways. You guys have noticed you know, over the last couple of years that at the end of some services, I'm just overwhelmed with emotion. And the reason for that is exactly what we're talking about here, that I know from where God has brought me. That when I sat there, I wouldn't have in my wildest dreams ever even dreamt up that I'd be sitting here today preaching to you. It wasn't, it wasn't even close to being on my radar. I had no desire. It, there was no even inkling of that because I, I had a hard time getting in, up in front of crowds. I'm actually a closet introvert, believe it or not. I just fake it really well. That I, I don't enjoy being in crowds. If you put me in a crowded room where I don't know anybody, I am very, very uncomfortable. And so I'll normally go to a corner and I'll find some guy that's got a t-shirt that has something to do with hunting or fishing or cars and I'll go talk to him. And if he does indeed know something about that, I will bug him all night long so I don't have to talk to anybody else. That's just who I am. To stand up in front of a crowd and to have to give any kind of speech, I would feel like I just drank five gallons of water and needed to wet my britches. I was so nervous. It just wasn't something that I was good at. And if I was forced to do so, I would usually talk really, really, really fast so that you didn't understand or I would stutter so much that it didn't make any sense. And so at the end of some of these services where the Holy Spirit has clearly moved, I understand that he did something that I could not do on my own. And that's incredibly humbling. It overwhelms me because just as this word says, the spiritual gifts, this word nematicos, is, is this experiencing God in a way that you would not otherwise experience. And so when we use that gift mix, we get to experience that kind of thing. It's awesome to recognize God at work in us and through us. Another passage I know that I've referred to a number of times over in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, it, it, it continues to unpack this. In verses 11 through 12, it talks about some more of the, the, the gifts that God gives people in the church. And it says this, He gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, this is what I want you to hear, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and mature manhood. God has equipped some. You know, we look at them as maybe leadership in the church to do what? Equip you for the work of ministry. God has gifted us all uniquely to be able to serve him in various ways, in various forms. Yes, for the building up of the body, but I would say even more importantly, to bring God glory. And as you're bringing God glory with that spiritual gift that you have, you get to experience him in a way that you would not otherwise experience him. And so it's important for every believer in Jesus Christ to discover your gift. 
you got to figure out what it is if you're going to be able to experience God that way. And we have all sorts of things, these spiritual gift inventories that are a good place to start, but they only point you in a direction. The only way to really figure out what your spiritual gift is is to go serve. And so when I first started serving in church, as I said, it wasn't going to be in the area of speaking. In fact, I didn't think I had any skills in that. And so with my background in athletics, guess where I normally served? It was helping the kids do activities. So it was normally playing sports or doing something at VBS. VBS. I was in charge of, of all the games, and I'd be doing those things. And then over time, I was given opportunities to tell my story in, in that kind of environment. And what began to happen is, as I look back on my life and the, the events that happened in my life, God always gave me an opportunity to share a story in the midst of a circumstance. Looking back on my life as a kid, there's a variety of significant things that took place, you know, that gave me opportunities to tell stories. When I was really young, I got a severe concussion. I won't tell you how I did that. Uh, my sisters might tell you, but I uh, got a pretty bad concussion. Later on, I ended up with epilepsy, which really messed up my uh, schooling and, and different things, and it, it really changed who I was as a person. It was embarrassing, and the things that happened in that. Uh, also, it was on my birthday, we were going to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to go to the tractor pools, and that tells you a little bit about my background. Uh, and on the way up there, we got in a head-on car accident. I didn't have my seatbelt on. Walked away without a scratch. You see, God allows us to go through things so that we have a story to be able to tell others and proclaim God's glory. I know I've shared this before, but there's a defining moment in my life that I will never, ever forget. It was a defining moment in my life that God began to allow me to be aware of who I was, what I was doing, and it changed my life forever. You know, I, I was thought I was a pretty good athlete. And in that context, I worked hard at it to become better and better and better at it, which did take place. But what happened when I did that, my, my head got bigger and bigger and bigger, and my pride and my self-centeredness grew huge. You know, and, and what I began to realize later on was that I wasn't worshiping God Almighty as I thought I was. I was really just worshiping myself. One day we were playing the team of all my buddies. Their point guard came down. I was guarding him. I stole the ball. I went down to the other end of the court for a layup. As I was putting the ball up and laying it on the glass, he fell down behind me. And as we went down to the ground, my, my ankle just shattered. It just literally, both bones broke and my ankle was hanging out here. I remember it was like it was yesterday. I remember it was almost like it was taking place in slow motion. I could hear myself screaming. I remember looking down at my bench and I wasn't really feeling anything. I remember when the doctors came in and told me that you will never participate in sports again in your life. Now I realized what I had been worshiping all along. It wasn't God. It was me. And when God took that away from me, I was angry at him. I really didn't understand who he was. I didn't understand what he was doing as I do now. And I was mad. But what I realized, that was probably the first time in my life that I really understand that God was communicating with me. He brought to my attention the way I was living. He brought me to a crossroads where I could decide what I'm going to do. 
And he helped me to realize that, Dave, I gave you those talents, and I'm going to take them away if you're not going to use them for my glory. Thankfully, God is a gracious God, that God gives us second chances. And when he gave me a second chance, I never looked back, and I always gave him the glory for those talents. But we need to look at how God has gifted us and God has wired us. We need to look for those spiritual gifts. We need to look at the talents and abilities that God has given us. If you turn over a couple of pages from 1 Corinthians to Romans, we, we see Paul also talking here in, in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. You know, he says, having, having gifts that differ according to the grace he has given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving to, to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes in generosity, to the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy, do it with cheerfulness. You know, Paul talks about these gifts of, as gifts of grace. We don't deserve them, but God in his love bestows them upon us so that we can experience him in unique ways, so that we can experience his glory in our lives. And so we need to, we need to discover those gifts. We need to discover the things that we are good at. You know, as I've said before, you know, I didn't think I would ever be doing this. You know, but if I didn't start serving, I didn't start doing things, you know, in the church and, and, and trying to serve, I would have never gotten here. You know, and, you know, while... While I sat there and I would hear messages such as this, I say, you know what, there's no way. There is absolutely no way that I'm going to do that. There's no way God is going to call me to do that because I do not have skills in that any, in any way, shape, or form. Matter of fact, that is something that just scares me to death. And so the, that line of thinking would make me think things like this, that if I really yield to God, he's going to make me do something that I'm not going to stand. I'm just not going to be able to stand it. He's going to call me to go to some place that the mosquitoes are as big as birds and they're going to carry you away. Or he's going to call me to go do something that, you know what, I don't even want to do. But let me tell you, that's not true at all. Now, God may call you to do something that's uncomfortable because we have to rely on him. But God is going to call you to do things that he is either in the process of equipping you to do or already gifted you to do those things. He's not going to call you to do things that are outside of that. And so we need to discover what those gifts are, and then we need to develop them. We need to develop the skills and the talents that God has given us, the spiritual gifts that God is, that has blessed all of us with, so that we can be a part of what it is that he wants us to do. You know, that crossroads in my life where I broke my ankle, God allowed me to see something, that all that is good in your life has come from me. I thought... The reason I was a good athlete is because of what I did. It was all the hard work and effort that I put in was why I was good at athletics. And God helped me realize, yeah, you're being a good steward of that, but I gave it to you in the first place. I think we have a tendency, in, in, especially in American culture, to think that everything that we have, we have because we worked hard. And while there's a small grain of truth to that, the reality is this. If you have had a good career and God has blessed you financially, who gave you the abilities to work at what you do to make the living that you have? God did, right? Who gave me the athletic abilities I had to perform the way I did? God did. Who gave you your intelligence? God did. Who gave you your music ability or athletic ability or your artistic ability? God did. God gave you everything that is good in your life so that you can be who you are. It all goes back to him. 
The only thing that we can take credit for is being good stewards of that what God has given us and developing those skills. And hopefully you're doing it not the way I did for my glory, but for his. You look at all those abilities and talents that he gave us, and then you put stack on top of that the spiritual gifts that he gives. God is gracious. He is incredibly gracious. He's given those to us for his glory. When I broke my leg, I thought my world was over. I didn't have the understanding of God that I do today. And because of that incomplete understanding, I, I was angry. I thought things about God that were not true. Looking back on that now, I see that God was first of all trying to get my attention but he was also preparing me for what he had planned for me in my future. In that career-ending injury and then getting the second chance to compete, you know, I ended up for 20 years in college and professional athletics ministering to athletes. And when they got injured, guess what? God had already prepared me to be able to care for them because I'd been there. When they had surgeries, I could understand what they were going through because I had been there. When they were going through rehab, I could understand what they were going through because I had been there. God had taken that, what I thought was a tragedy in my life, and he had turned it into triumph. You know, he turned it into something that I was able to use to give him glory because of what he did in my life and encouraged many, many an athlete. You know, the reality is that all of my surgeries, and there's been a bunch of them, have prepared me to be able to serve people when they're in the hospital because I know what it's like to be on the other side. I know what it's like to be anxious and uncertain because guess what God did? He prepared me. God wants to use everything in your life to prepare you so that you can be a part of his plan. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, that each of us should use whatever gifts that we have received to faithfully administer God's grace in its various forms. Whatever gifts, both the spiritual gifts, the talents and the abilities. There's other verses that talk about the stewardship of those things that God has entrusted us, that each of us should use those things that we have received from God to faithfully administer His grace in the various forms that we have the opportunities to do. That as we go through life, that God can use the things in our past to bring glory in the, Him glory in the present. And so we've got to discover our spiritual gifts. We need to develop our spiritual gifts. But the other thing that I always say is you need to find the sweet spot of your giftedness and try to serve in that as much as you can. And what I call the sweet spot is the place where your passions, your abilities, and your spiritual gifts collide. If you can find that and you can serve within that, then that's where you need to be most of the time. And so the passions, those things in your life that you are passionate about. You know, we have a lot of people in our church that are passionate about the, the, the people in our community, the homeless people and those who are struggling. We've got the community dinner tonight. It's an opportunity for us to come along and serve that group of people. So we've got people that are passionate about that. What are you passionate about? What has God made you passionate about? He didn't do that 
so that you don't serve in those areas. You know, you look at your abilities. How has God skilled you? What talents has he given you? For some, God has gifted you, you know, with your hands. You can do things with your hands that other people can't do. You may be mechanically inclined, but you may not be able to speak to the wall. God isn't going to ask you to then preach if he's gifted you with your hands. He wants you to use those for his glory and to be all about giving him glory by using the abilities that he's given you. And then you bring your spiritual gift mix into it. How has he given you spiritual gifts? What spiritual gifts has he given you? And when you put all those three together where they, where they overlap is what I call the sweet spot, that that's where you need to be serving if you can. Well, the only way you find that is to serve. You can take all the inventories that you want, and like I said before, it points you in a direction of where you can start, but the only way you find out what you're gifted in is you serve. I would have never gotten here if I didn't start telling my story. And as I began to tell my story, that what happened is the next thing I want to encourage you to look for is that God affirms your giftedness through other people. The first time this really stood out in my life, uh, Carrie and I had, were newlyweds. We had moved out to California, and I hadn't been out there real long before my grandmother died. You know, she lived up in San Francisco, so we, being that we were already in California, we drove up there for her memorial service, and the church was packed. It was a large Presbyterian church, and, and I didn't realize my grandmother knew that many people. The church was packed. And, and they, I was asked to participate in that. And so one person after another after another was getting up telling these stories of my grandmother that I'd never heard before. It was awesome. And I got up to give a little sermonette. Uh, I wouldn't have called it that then. I called it a talk. You know, and I didn't have any experience doing that. Now, I was glad that there was this great, big, huge pulpit as there are in a lot of Presbyterian churches because my knees were knocking and nobody could see how scared to death I was. And so I got up there. I, I don't even remember what I talked about. And I went and sat back down thinking I did a terrible job. And the vice president of human resources for all of Hewlett Packard came up to me afterwards and said, you sure did choose the right profession. Well, I, to be honest, I blew it off at the time because I'm thinking that was terrible. But you know what? God used that in my life to prepare me for what I'm doing today. That that affirmation in my life came back over and over and over as God began to change the direction of what I was doing to call me to be a pastor. You see, when you serve, God will equip you. When you continue to look for those gift mix, God will affirm in other people the, that what you are doing, and he will continue to encourage you and equip you to do the things that he has, the, has planned in advance for you to participate in. There's one more thing that I want to share with you this morning. If you haven't caught anything else, please catch this. It's your story. All of us have a story. And our stories are sprinkled with good things. Our stories are sprinkled with triumph. But the enemy takes those tragedies, that takes the mistakes that we've made in our past, and he seems to always highlight them and make us think that God can't use you because of this. Let me tell you something. 
When you yield to Jesus Christ and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, he forgives all of your sins. And then he does something even more. He begins to transform your life. He begins to empower you with the Holy Spirit so that your life can find meaning and purpose and be transformed. We use the verse, Romans 8.28, oftentimes out of context. that says, and we know that, that for those who love God, those who are called according to his purposes, that all things, all things work together for good. That verse is in the context of sharing the gospel and making God's glory known. But here's the deal. When you pursue your spiritual giftedness, you understand your abilities and your passions and your desires, and you serve in that, and God affirms in other people, he will even take the messed up story of your past and bring himself glory as he transforms your life. And as you use, if you are skilled with your hands and you are serving others, uh, doing things, what's going to happen is you're going to end up serving people who have a similar past as yours, who are defeated and discouraged, and you get to tell your story. And more than that, you get to tell what God has done to give you hope and meaning, and then you get to share that with them, giving them an opportunity to accept Jesus is their Lord and Savior, so their life can be transformed as well. You see, that's how God works. And that's how all things can work together for God's glory. As I close today, are you willing? Do you have a desire for God to use you like that? I hope so. You need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit communicating in your head and quench the fiery darts of the evil one that are telling you that you are no good, that you can't do this stuff, and you just need to yield to the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to allow the works of Jesus to cleanse and transform us from all evil things and lead us down paths of righteousness so that God can be glorified and so that we really can through the normal course of everyday life, using the gifts and talents and spiritual gifts that God has given us, make his glory known so that every tribe, every tongue, and every nation can hear the good news about Jesus Christ. That's what it means about being the church. In the context of the world God has put us in, we make his glory known through our gift mix, our passions, our abilities, and our spiritual gifts. And we look to let our stories being of transformation being made known to everybody that God gives us the opportunity to share. If that's something that you desire to be evident in your life, I just ask as we sing this final song of invitation that you just declare that to God. You may not even know what that's going to look like. You, you may be uncertain, but just say, God, I am willing. I would love for my past to be transformed in such a way that I can encourage other people and make your glory known because of what you've done in my past and what you're doing in my present. But it takes a relationship with Jesus Christ. Only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ can our lives ever be transformed. And as we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he empowers us by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit in our life, who guides us down paths of righteousness for his sake and for his glory. So as we come to this song of invitation, I just ask that you would declare your willingness to God Almighty 
that you would ask him to reveal to you the next step that you need to take right now so that you can experience his glory in your life, that you can experience the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through using that gift that he has given you to experience God a whole lot more through your obedience to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to know you. Thank you, God, for making things clear about who Jesus is and that he not only died and paid for our sins, but, God, that there is so much proof that he rose again from the dead to prove that this is all true. But, God, we pray that you would help us to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to give us victory over the past things that the enemy is trying to keep us down with. And, God, that in that victory that you would glorify yourself, but, God, that you would multiply that glory in giving us opportunities to share what you have done in our lives with many, many people, God, so that they too can experience your glory in their lives through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you be us right now, that you would allow us to yield to the Holy Spirit in the way that you desire for us to yield. In Jesus' name, amen.